Pastor Dave and um, Terry are still in Taiwan and they've had an incredible time over there seeing God just move unbelievably. And uh, they're on their way home uh, today or tomorrow. I'm not quite sure. But um, Dave, happy Father's Day. He told me he'd be watching this morning before he preaches over in Taiwan. Happy Father's Day. We love you. And uh, for all the fathers that are watching online today, happy Father's Day. We, uh, we want to honour you today. And uh, today I want to acknowledge uh, those of you today where today's a really hard day. Whether you're online or you're in our service this morning, for whatever reason that Father's Day isn't a great day for you, maybe your dad is absent, he, he's not with you, he isn't. Maybe he was your father, but he hasn't been a dad to you. Maybe your dad isn't here. Maybe, like I said earlier in the service, your experience of a father is not a happy one. Maybe you're here today and your own dad has passed away. I wanna honor you today. I wanna honor you, particularly those who are in our service today, because it's far easier to stay away on a day like that. And I wanna acknowledge you today for your courage for being here this morning. I wanna honor you today if you're parenting alone not just dads, but mums as well. When you're parenting alone, it's, it's not easy. And I wanna say today, we honour you as a church, that you are raising your children by yourself. We honour you and we support you today. I wanna honour you today if you are raising somebody else's children. Today, if you don't have, either you have your own children, but you've embraced somebody else's children as well. I wanna honor you today if you're a grandparent and you are parenting your grandchildren. I wanna honor you today, we need you. And we're so grateful that you've stepped into a gap for whatever reason and you are inputting into young lives. And no matter what your experience today is of a father, today as we sung earlier, we have a good, good father in heaven and he loves you. Not because you do good things, not when you just get things right. His love is not conditional. It has no conditions. And whether you know Him today, He already knows you. Like I said earlier, He predestined you, that you were planned from the beginning of time because He's really, really good and He wants relationship with you. We often judge God by the same way that we've been judged ourselves, or the way we judge ourselves or the way we've been treated by other people. And we judge God by human standards, but God isn't like people. He's a good, good Father. And He's kind and He's gracious and He loves you and He has a plan for your life. And He has an assignment for you to do. And when Dave asked me to bring the Father's Day message, I was like, oh God, help me. Uh, I'm not sure a woman's the best person to bring a Father's Day message. But then I got to think, what an opportunity it would be to speak from the voice of a woman and a wife and a mother and to break out of the box that it's just the men that do the Father's Day messages. And what say today that I could call you forth as a wife and a mother and a woman and say that we need you dads and we value you today and we don't wanna do this alone that we wanna walk with you in raising great kids. Men, we need you. We need you to stand up and show up and be present like we know you can. 
See, there's lots of fathers around, but there's not so many dads. And we, Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, our society needs dads. You are critical to our society functioning properly, dads. The moral climate in our community will shift when dads and mums stand up and walk in a godly way and train their children that way. We will shift our community. We will shift the moral climate of our community and we'll do that together. Maybe you're here today and you're a dad and you feel like, maybe this morning was a mess. Maybe you feel like, man, I'm in this Father's Day service, but you know what? I just feel like I'm failing. I feel overwhelmed and truthfully, I I don't really know where I am right now as a dad. I wanna awaken the potential in you today as a father and what you're called to do by Jesus Christ. You know, in my preparation, when Dave asked me, I thought, man, I better, you know, I I know my thoughts on dads and fathers and parenting, but I thought I'm gonna read up and I'm gonna find out what makes a good dad. And so I studied up on a lot of things. And there's a lot of stuff out there. And there's a lot of lists and it's overwhelming. Do's and don'ts about how to be a good dad and how to be a successful parent. And most of it's about what to do and not much to do with the heart. And I got to thinking again how easy it is to look at the list, so to speak, and all the programs and all of that, and some of them are good. And if you are looking for a resource, um, Loving Our Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk is a great resource. It's a great resource and tool as a parent. But sometimes we can be overwhelmed by the I should have, I could have, I would have, but I haven't. And we become very aware of our mistakes as a parent and the mess-ups, and we don't need anyone else to tell us where we're not meeting up to what society says is the right thing, and where we're missing the mark. We know our mistakes. Woman, this is us too. This is all parents. We know our mistakes. We know our failures better than anyone. And we know, particularly when our kids start to grow and they ask tricky questions, and we don't know how to answer. And the truth is it can be overwhelming and the pressure society puts on this is what a great parent looks like. And sometimes it's too overwhelming and we just get stuck and we don't start. But I wanna encourage you today. And so I ditched all the lists and all the things that they said. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna ask mums in our church. And so I um, messaged a broad group of mums from all different walks of life, all different ages, all different seasons of life, and I asked them the same question. I didn't wanna know where the failures were. Today's not about failure. It's too easy for us to see where holes are in each other, amen? If you're here today, I heard this amazing thing, I was sharing it with a good friend the other day. I heard this amazing thing, if you're here today and you're married or you're in a committed relationship, we don't always see eye to eye, right? That's the truth, we don't always see eye to eye. But I heard this amazing thing from Jensen Franklin and he said, you know, when my wife and I don't see eye to eye, we still choose to walk hand in hand. And he says, as we walk hand in hand, even though we don't agree, slowly the vision becomes clear. I wanna encourage you today, if you are here and you are married or you're in a committed relationship, when you don't agree and you don't see eye to eye, choose to walk hand in hand. Choose to stay hand in hand, amen? And so I asked a whole lot of women, a whole lot of mums, Don't tell us what the failures are. 
but tell us what you love. Tell us what are the things that the dad for your kids does that impacts them and impacts you. I want to tell you what they said. They said this. This is just a random group of women, okay? Not random, they're amazing. But it's a, it's a group of comments from a collective from in here. I love how he never fails to tuck the kids in at night, every night. I love that in the middle of the night, he will get up to our baby every time. Man, you're a hero. I'd love him to know that he's adored by all of us. I appreciate that he gets boy humour. That must be for little boys. I love that, he's, that he is affectionate to me in front of our children. That's powerful. I love that he sends Snapchats and random pictures encouraging me or a simple heart emoji. Little acts of thoughtfulness are one way he communicates love. It goes a long way for us. Here's another one. I love that he picks our son up from daycare every day. Not because I ask him to, but because he chooses to, he wants to. He loves having half an hour one-on-one time to take him to the park, play on the way home, or stand and wave to passing trucks. It's the nicest thing knowing how much love they have for each other, and he has built this. I love that he pops in randomly from work in the mornings when things are hectic and gives me 10 minutes just to get dressed in peace. I love that he's always thinking of little ways to make our day better. I love it when he laughs. You know, it's the little things. I love it when he's happy. I love his kind heart. I love that he's involved. I love that he gives advice and direction and he creates an atmosphere where we are safe and protected. I love how my husband is willing to go out of his way to support others. I love how he calls our adult children just to tell them he's been thinking about them. I love that he's learnt great traits from his own dad and now he passes them on to our kids. He loves me and our children and we feel it and we know it and that brings security. Love is not just a word to him. He actions it daily and his words reflect it. I love that he loves Jesus. I love that he's a loyal friend. I love hearing him pray. I love that he carries laughter and encouragement into our kids' homes when we visit. I love that he chooses to spend time with our kids. I love that he loves my kids from my first marriage and he's always treated them like my own, like his own. I wanna tell you today, my observation is this. This is just a snapshot. These aren't all the things And these won't be all the things, they're just a snapshot. But here's my observation, is that not one of these things is about, dads, about how much you earn. Not one of these things is about your status or your promotion or your ability to fix things or or your ability to to fix problems or to feel like you've got to come up with all the answers or how you can help. It's not even about your profession. And what I love is this, is that not one of those comments you could pin to a certain profession. All of these things, without exception, are about connection, they're about the heart, and they're about being present. It's all about intentional time. Amen? Maybe when you listen to the survey, you think, oh, that's cool, I'm doing lots of those things. I wanna salute you today if you are. That's awesome. 
Maybe when you hear it, you go, oh, far out. I'm not doing any of those. You know what? There's still, there's hope for you today. Don't be overwhelmed. Today, when you came in, men, you got given a, a key ring. And uh, everything we do, we do really purposefully. And we really prayed and we said, God, what are we gonna give the men that they will remember? And so your key ring has the word one printed on it. And my message today is titled One. Because if you're here today, whether you are doing great as a parent or, or today it really kind of sucks and you think, man, I'm, I'm not doing so good. Then all you have to do today is change one thing, just one. You don't need to do everything. You just need to change one thing. One thing, one new decision every day can change your life and can affect the people around you. And every day, if you made a commitment to change that one thing, intentional change, not overreacting, but being present. And you heard the, you heard the things that meant something to mums and children, being affectionate, having conversations. Whatever it is, with one decision, you've got the ability and the potential to change the outcome for your children forever. With intentional change and input in your presence and your connection, you can change and you can strengthen the way your children view themselves. And that's the most important thing. How they see themselves and how they see the world around them. You are the difference between your children feeling fulfilled and feeling like they may not be able to make it. The key this morning is in that word. It's in that word connection. And the Bible says this, that the eyes are the window to the soul. I wanna give you a key here. When we speak to our kids, especially if you're having a moment with them, I wanna encourage you speaking to the eyes. The soul is made up of three things. It's made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind is our thinking, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, and the way we, we think about the world around us. You have the ability to mold their thinking for good or for bad, just by speaking in intentionally into their eyes. The will is about decision-making. When you speak into them and have, have moments where you're with them, where you help them to, to guide their moral compass, to help them to make decisions that'll bring blessing around their life. And their emotions are their feelings. Teaching them to walk through and to process their feelings. And you might say, well, I don't know how to do that. One of the things I do I find helpful is when one of my kids, negative or positive, the feeling, they're feeling upset, I'll acknowledge the feeling. Are you feeling upset? Sometimes when they're really little, they'll say, no. Find another feeling. What are you feeling? Are you feeling angry? Yes. Why are you feeling angry? Start to talk to them about it. You don't have to have all the answers, parents. And today, if you're here and you're a mum and you're parenting alone, this is for you too. Or mums, this is for you too. Any parent here today. But talk them through the moment. So they learn how to resolve. They learn how to understand their feelings so they don't just become a rage. It's okay to feel angry as long as we know what to do with it. Talk them through, why did you get so angry? The goal here, when we speak into their eyes, we're speaking into their very hearts, into their soul. 
And the goal is that we would shape their thinking and we would guide their decision making and we would appeal to their emotions. Just one decision. It only takes one every day. And if you keep making that decision for intentional time with your child until it becomes a habit, you will build a connection with them that makes it far easier to speak in when you need to curb behavior, when you need to insist on boundaries and consequences. It's easier to set and maintain consequences when you have strong connection with your child. And I'm talking about teenagers and young adults as well. Parents, when we have built strong connection, strong heart connection with our kids, it's far easier to speak in and say no. Today is no, you're not doing that today. Today, I wanna encourage you parents, you are not called to be your kids' friends. That is not what God's called you to do. God has called you to lead them and to guide them and to shepherd them. The moment we try to be a mate, you lose your authority and your influence with your children. God's calling you to influence, to love them. Yes, have fun with them, but you don't need to be their mate. There are times when your children aren't gonna like your decisions, but when it comes from a place of connection, they will respect you. They'll respect the decision when the connection's built. Maybe you're here today and you had connection and it feels like it's lost. Today, with one step forward, you could reconnect that. Maybe you're, a, maybe you're here today and you've got growing up children and that connection is being lost. Today, make the first one step forward, just one. The other thing I noticed in that survey with the mums and the kids was this, was time, intentional time. And I wanna show you something this morning. Thank you, Elijah Brown, for helping count these out. He did, Wednesday night, he did it. Every child, it's been proven that every child with one caring, engaged parent can be a success. Statistics say that every child who ends up doing well has at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive adult, and that may not be the parent. This jar has 936 stones in it. Every stone represents a single week, particularly for your families that got new babies and you um, just got them dedicated this morning, but every stone represents a single week from birth of a child to the age of 18. 936 weeks. This jar here represents a nine-year-old. In this jar, there is 468 stones or weeks remaining until they hit 18. I've got a girl that's just turned nine. This jar here represents a 16-year-old. There's 100 and four stones or weeks remaining until they turn 18. Right here, we are looking at time. Or weeks left to influence this kid and this kid and this kid. Before they turn 18 and start making critical life decisions without your presence. And we know on the whole that for most of us, our influence will go on past 18 but it's a powerful illustration of time. It's very easy to say, oh, you know what, I've got all the time in the world. I've got a nine-year-old, she's little. But when I look at this compared to this, 
half my influence until the time where she can legally make her own life decisions by herself has already gone. I actually also, coincidentally, almost have a 16-year-old. We think we've got all the time in the world. You know, even Hitler knew this. He said this. He said, you give me a child to the seven and I'll show you the man. We know this, that most of us will have ongoing influence in our kids' lives. But what, say, between zero and 18, we absolutely focused intentional time into raising them up to be great young people, to be godly young people with, a godly, uh, with godly morals, learning how to make great decisions. The difference between growing them up like this, the difference between the success and the statistic is you and me. Be the difference today. It takes one decision to start creating new traditions. Some of us, I love that some of our dads, you know, people are posting over the weekend their traditions as a family. Traditions are really, really important because they're things that hold memories for kids. I know for me that uh, every Christmas Eve, my dad, my dad's amazing. My dad um, plays the guitar, but he only plays four chords. He can play any song you ask him, but he used to get the guitar out on Christmas Eve. And it was something that we looked forward to. When we talk about it now, he laughs. It wasn't such a big deal to him. When I tell you dads, it's the little things that count create the tradition. I saw uh, one of our dads out this morning, um, uh, Father's Day traditional breakfast at Burger King. Start creating traditions with your children. New conversations. If you're here today and you say, I know what my kids do, but I don't know what's going on in their heart. Or I think I know what the, what's going on in their heart because I've decided, but I don't, I've never asked them or I haven't asked them recently. I wanna encourage you to set aside time for a new interaction. If your children are already growing up, then perhaps reach out to someone here who is walking this journey alone. Offer friendship, support. I wanna say this, don't just offer it once. Because actually that um, can be offensive and insulting when we do this big thing that we're going to go out and walk with somebody and then we don't do it. Commit to somebody and walk alongside them. Ask them, can I walk alongside you? Somebody who, who may not have, uh, there may not be a mum or a dad in the home. Ask, can I walk alongside you? Can I build a relationship with your children? All of us need it. All of us need people in our lives that will walk alongside us. Today, whether you chose to be a father or not is irrelevant because today you get to choose to be the best dad you can. You choose that today. In Joshua 24, he gives a pattern that we can live by. See, Joshua's old. He's, had, he's about 110, actually. Go figure. He's really old. And uh, he, I think he's lying on his bed, I think. What else would you do when you're 110? I don't know. But anyway, he's lying on his bed and he calls in all the leaders. And if you don't know the Bible very well, Joshua's had amazing things happen. He's, he's seen God move in miracles. You know, the walls of Jericho have come down and he's taken land and he's, he's done some amazing things. But he pulls everyone close to him. So he's getting the near, nearing the end of his time. And he says this to them, now fear the Lord and serve him with sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served. And serve the Lord. And if it seems undesirable for you to serve the Lord, then choose this day whom you will serve. Make a decision. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I've just abbreviated it. But basically it says this. 
Serve God with all faithfulness and don't quit. Don't quit when it's hard. Put God first above all things. When we put God first in our lives, above our relationships, above our marriage, above our children, everything flows in line. I always, um, always live, this is something Dave and I live by, is that God is first in our lives. And uh, Dave is just, Dave is incredibly valuable and important to me, and so are our children. But if my life doesn't align with God first, and then Dave second, and our children third, it doesn't mean our children are less valuable. But if Dave and I aren't walking hand in hand, then our parenting kind of falls apart and it sucks. And I'm speaking to you today, if you are here and you are married or you're walking with somebody significantly, put God first. Put your marriage next or your relationship next and your children will flow in after that. It's not about lack of value. This is about a godly order to bring order to your homes. If you're here and you're parenting alone, put God first. And the grace of God will come for you to parent and walk with those children and then the value will come to them, amen? So basically he says, put God first and don't quit. Put away the distractions. Some of us, if we're honest parents, we need to put away our phones. We need to put away our phones when our kids are talking to us. We need to put them down physically and let our kids turn the sound off them, turn the, the um, notifications off and, and engage our kids. Choose this date, make a decision, choose one. Develop a prayer life if you don't have one. If you're not sure how to do that, we can show you how. And lead, be present. You know what one of the things in the survey was? I loved it. I said, I love it when he laughs a lot. How often, you know the pressures of life come around and we just don't find things fun anymore? Laugh a lot, it makes a difference in, your, in, in the atmosphere in your home. These are simple things, but they work. These are qualities, not, uh, these are qualities, not things we, we do. We're, sorry. We build qualities, not, it's not about, like I said before, the job we do. It's not about how much we do for our families as much as how much we are present with our families. Does that make sense? Laugh a lot. Have fun. Do pranks, play games, family games. We went through a season where we turned our TV off every night after tea. And we played games and we played together and we laughed together. I know these families here and you, you play card games. They're great traditions and they're easy. $2 for a pack of cards. But build it in as family time. Turn the phones off. And this is how we build family life in a new normal for our kids. Turn the devices off. Not just the kids' devices, but ours as well. Amen? Conscious decision. And the last part of that was, but as for me and my house, are we going to serve the Lord? As for me and my house, see, when you, dads, when you or mums, when you make a godly decision to put God first, everything else comes in line. You know, in the Bible, it says it often will say things like, and there were 5,000 men. And, and everyone sat down and you think, well, what did the children and the women do? Did they just like hang out on the, did they, what did they do? I don't know. Maybe they went to Kmart. I oh, know, you know, probably. But you know what it is? Because when they counted the men, it spoke for the whole household. 
And that's for you too, if you're a woman and you're parenting alone. You speak for your household because that's who you are. So when you declare, even if you don't know what to do, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a a stand you make and it shouts out into eternity. We live in a permissible world and we know that, right? Where anything goes and if it feels good, I'm going to try it or I'm going to dabble in it or I'm going to do it. But we need to dare to be different as as a people. You know, our, our children, our kids are exposed to things they shouldn't be at such a young age. And they're becoming sexually aware far, far too early. Not through any fault of their own. Through social media, through, through social interaction, through all sorts of things. I want to encourage you. Why don't we stand up as a people and say, no, that's not who we are. We're going to know what our kids are watching on social media. We're gonna, and I know a lot of us do, but being that extra diligent, spending intentional time with our children, we can help them navigate if they're safe to tell us things. We can navigate them through all that stuff and all that junk that comes in also through our school system. Build a heart connection. How do I do that? One way to do it, if you're not doing it now, is every week, take a block of time in your diary and block it out and and focus your time with that child. If you've got several children, block out a little bit of time every week for each child. And do something that the child wants to do, not that you want to do. It's not the same if you say, oh yeah, I'm taking along with me, and they don't even like doing it. But we kid ourselves to think that we're really doing well as a parent. Oh, come on, you'll enjoy it. And they don't like it, but why don't we find out what our kids really want to do with us? Sometimes it's not much. Sometimes it's sitting down having an ice cream. Sometimes they don't want the big flash. They want you. They want the interaction with you. Create memories, and I know a lot of you here do that. Create memories with them, things they can look back on and laugh. We had a situation about four years ago where we took a a jet boat up the river. I don't even know what river it was now. I've tried to erase it from my memory. And I actually was just getting over a, a broken rib and uh, something broke on the motor. And so we're in the middle of a river and you can't access the river by, uh, by road. So beautiful river. We're on our way to a hot water beach except we couldn't get there and we're about an hour in. And uh, there was just no one. You could hear your voice echoing. We had the three kids with us and uh, no paddles at all. So here we are and it took us about six hours to get, raise the alarm. And uh, Dave's saying, row, just row, would you? Because every time he would row, we would turn in a circle. <laughs> it wasn't very fun at the time, but Georgia, our oldest girl, pipes up and she says, one day we'll laugh at this, won't we? It wasn't really a laughing moment at the time. We also didn't have any sunblock, which was really silly. And so um, the children were fine, but the parents got fried. And, uh, but we look back at that and we laugh. So create memories with your kids, even the disasters. Turn them into an adventure. All kids love an adventure. I want to say, always leave the door open. When your child has blown it, always leave the door open for connection. Don't withdraw your heart from them. That can be the most damaging thing when they're trying to find a way back. When we withdraw our heart and we ignore them. 
is one of the most damaging things we can do. We reinforce that if you don't perform the right way, then you can't be loved. See, you can keep connection, but you can still say, that behavior is unacceptable in our house. I will always love you, but this behavior over here, there's now a consequence for that. Do you see the difference? When we, when we withdraw love, when we withhold connection because of what they've done, we damage who they are and we give them a skewy view of who God is. God never withdraws relationship from you and I, even when we muck up. I wanna say this, this last thing is, is with kids, is maintain their dignity at all costs. If your child is mucking up, especially when they're really, not just when they're really little, but when they're really little and they're in that tantrum stage, I know it's embarrassing as an adult, but keep your calm on and uh, maintain their dignity. Don't tell them off in front of everyone. It, it makes them, um, they start to distrust. But if you and I could be people that learn to pick them up swiftly and take them away and talk with them somewhere else. You know, I was talking before about the eyes being the window to the soul. One of the ways, and I, um, I used to be a, an early childhood teacher, and one of the ways we do it with the children is this, and Dave and I have done it with our own kids, is when they're mucking up, particularly when they're little, but also when, when they're a bit older, is you know, when you're seeing behavior that's not good, when they're berating their brother or their sister and they just won't stop, or that they're, you know, they're just, you know, the stuff. Take them aside, look into their eyes. We can call out the bad behavior, that's the easy part. But what say we looked into their eyes and we said, we talked about the opposite and we called forth the attribute that we want. You are a kind girl. Speak into her eyes. You are a kind girl and I know you can be kind. Let me see that girl. And if you continue with this behavior over here, there's a consequence. But it's done in calmness. Or you know, you are a generous boy. I know you are. And I know you know how to share. So show me that boy. When we learn to speak into their hearts and we call forth what is not as though that it is, we start to see a flow of connection. Does it always work the first time? No, it doesn't. It's about building a new habit, a new way of relating to our kids. Build connection with them. Build time with them, intentional time. Time will just carry on. If you do not do something about it today, it just takes one. Dads, mums, one decision today. One step forward where there's been a broken relationship with a, young, with a son or a daughter. One step forward. The only thing stopping you is your pride. One step forward, one new thing. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, and the reason we did key rings is this, is that you would see it every day. And the days you feel like you're not doing well, you go, it only takes one. It just takes one decision today. I'm just gonna take a breath and I'm gonna try again. Just one thing. Don't take everything. Choose one thing. And so my question for you today is, parents, particularly dads, is there anything that you need to stop doing today with your children? Is there anything you need to stop doing? Or is there anything today you need to start doing? I could start doing that. I could put my phone down and have intentional conversations. I could start to create a tradition. It will feel awkward at the start, but your kids will grow to love it. I want to be 
present and engaged. As a dad today, you're accountable before God for the position He's given you of influence over your children. You can't fall asleep at the wheel only to wake up one day and realise that your job and your hobbies have no eternal value. But the souls of your children did. Today as I finish, I want to ask you this question, just every eye closed, every head bowed. One decision is all it's going to take today. When Jesus Christ, when God sent His Son, His only Son, He had one, one Son, and He sent Him into the earth because He said this, He said, I want relationship with my people again. The only way He could do this was by making one final sacrifice. See, before that, when people mucked up, they had to take a lamb because a lamb was considered pure and they had to kill it and sacrifice it. And that, that kind of was the atonement for their sins and their muck-ups. But God said, I'm sick of this. He said, I want, I just need one, one pure lamb. One, one pure lamb that could take the sin of every person in the whole entire world. Everyone that was, everyone that is, and everyone that's to come. One sacrifice for all of mankind so that they could have relationship with me again. And so God chose his best, the most pure, his very best, his one son. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be a sacrifice for you today. And he sacrificed his son on the cross, not because Jesus deserved it. He took our sin. He had no sin. He took our sin, he took our failures so that you and I could have relationship with God. Today, if you're here and you don't have relationship with God or you're not sure, I'd love you just to raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you today. It's a really easy thing. God wants to reconnect with you. If that's you today, why don't you lift your hand to Him? Lift your hand to the Lord this morning. Is there anyone here today that says, I want to reconnect my life? I want to make a decision for Jesus Christ. See, there's a hand over there. Bless you. Why don't you come? We'd lo- I'd love to pray with you. I want to thank you for being courageous this morning. I'd love to pray with you. Would you come and join me? Would you come and join me? Up the front? Yeah. Were you just lifting your hand? Yeah. Why don't you bring your family with you? Come on. Church. One person saying, I want to make a decision for Christ. Come on, church. Today's not an accident you're here. God knew today that you were coming. And He loves you whether you've known Him or not. He loved you from the beginning of time. And He placed you in a family for such a time as this. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's really, really good. So today, church, I'd love you to reach out your hands. And we're all going to pray this prayer together. But Trina, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. So we're all going to pray, right? Lord, I come to you today. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that 
that you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you today, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. And I trust you today to do it. Lord, lead me by your Spirit in Jesus' name. say yes to Jesus. Amen. Just before we close the service today, if you are here with your eyes closed, if you are here today and you say, you know what, I want to make a change in my life. I want to make a change. Just one decision today. Why don't you just lift your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come up the front, but if you're here today and you say, you know what, I can make one decision, one new decision today. Why don't you raise your hand? Raise your hand. That's awesome. People saying, I'm going to make a decision today. I'm gonna change something in my life. I'm gonna affect the destiny of my children. I'm gonna intentionally sow into my children more than I've been doing. I know many of you do it so well, but I'm gonna choose intentionally to change some things to make sure that before my children are 18 that they have the best that I can give them before they start to set their own path. Lord, I thank you for every family here this morning. Why don't we stand up, church? We're gonna sing. And uh, just before we do, I know that this morning that there are steak sandwiches out in the foyer and they are gonna be very nice. But if you are here and you're a visitor with us, we would love to meet you and you are not gonna miss out on your steak. So we got a visitor lounge and we would love to invite you over for a coffee. We'd love to meet you. And uh, so come and meet our leaders over there. But why don't we sing together? Why don't you make it a decision today? One thing I will change, and I'll do something new, and I'll invest into the next generation, and we will shift the moral climate of our society and our community. Sing it with me. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are
awesome. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy your day today and be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah.